Do you know somebody who won't wear their seatbelt? Well, if they won't listen to their cars dinging, maybe you should add some of your own. Ding, 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 ding. Go ahead, ding, kids. Chime ding, in. Ding, ding, ding. Hey, you on the street, tell this guy to wear a seatbelt. Yep, it's okay to speak up because you know what? You could save their life. Learn more at buckleupva.com. A message from the Virginia Department of Motor Vehicles. Welcome to Lockheed Martin Spacemakers. We live happily well beyond the bounds of gravity. In season two, we explore Lockheed Martin's bold vision of a future that we call Space 2050. We're working on habitation technologies to protect people, whether it's in orbit, whether it's on the moon or on Mars. The end isn't even Mars. To me, the goal is the edge of the known universe. Because getting there is just the beginning. Introducing Nucleus, the Wi-Fi home intercom with auto answer. Nucleus allows you to connect with the people you love, whether they're downstairs or across the country. Learn more at NucleusLife.com. In February of 2007, Vicki Walker lost her husband and her son was severely injured in a shooting at Trolley Square. You probably all remember that incident. Five people ended up dead, uh, a mass shooting here in Salt Lake City. Vicki Walker put her life back together after all of that. This is her story. And this is the story of a charity that Vicki Walker has put together called Circle the Wagons. She's a, a braver person and a stronger person, I think, than a lot of us could hope to be. And pay close attention to the information at the end about the charity that Vicki started. Here we go. The Let's Go Eat Show, Vicki Walker, now. Uh, so uh, my friend Vicki Walker has joined us on the Let's Go Eat show this time. And uh, I I guess I met Vicki, you called me on the phone, uh, kind of out of the blue, right? Yeah, a year ago. Well, a little last more December. Than a, yeah, a little more than a year ago, Vicki called me on the phone and said, uh, there's a, a charity uh, up in Ogden, a, a group home. What's it called? It's called Youth Shelters. And you were working on a fundraiser for yep. them, mm-hmm. helping them with it. Yeah, they take in homeless youth. And uh, would uh, would you be, she asked me if I'd be interested in kind of going up and emceeing. And I guess you you knew who I was. You didn't just call me out of the blue. I went, I, I've known you for years, Bill. You didn't know me, but I've known you. You've been stalking me, haven't you? I've been stalking <laughs> yeah. you. I told you, I, I one time somebody bailed on all the kids in my neighborhood coming to Hildy's backyard. And they knew that I that I liked you and so they asked the old lady in the neighborhood to come and yeah. uh, so we did actually we've actually met. Yeah, I had a we fun had time. We actually met mm-hmm. when we yeah. used to do the uh, um, uh, uh, Hanukkah breakfast at Hildy's. Yes, Kathleen, I made quite an impression on you. Kathleen, could, <laughs> yes, I don't know. <laughs> so so uh, um, so anyway, Vicky called me and said uh, would um, would you help with this uh, fundraiser for the Ogden Group Home, and I said, "Well, yeah, sure." You know, and, mm-hmm. uh, then we got together and started talking, and then um, I didn't know anything about Vicky uh, Walker, and uh, she said, "I have I have my own charity called Circle the Wagons." Is that the w- way right way to refer to yeah. it? A charity? It, yeah, it's a nonprofit. A nonprofit. Uh, yeah. And I said, "Why do you have that?" <laughs> and so she told me that. 
the story. Mm-hmm. And uh, you've told the story a million times. A million. <clears throat> and our uh, people listening to the Let's Go Eat show probably have heard about it and maybe have heard you tell it before. But I think it's uh, instructive and useful and uh, compelling to hear about it again, if you don't mind. Yeah. Um, well, 2007, um, my husband, Jeff, and my 16-year-old son, AJ, went to Trolley Square to purchase some Valentine's gifts for myself and for AJ's girlfriend that we weren't happy about because he was 16 and he had a serious girlfriend. <laughs> so... Um, and those that have lived in the state for any period of time uh, since 2007 know that there was a young Bosnian immigrant that the only the only answer that they've come up with is he felt very disenfranchised. Talavik Suleiman. Correct. He was just 18, mm-hmm. just, just a young kid. And uh, he encountered Jeff in the back parking lot Your of, husband. Uh, mm-hmm, of Trolley Square and... Um, and uh, killed Jeff, and uh, AJ received um, some of the shotgun blast from the incident. He had a, a pistol grip shotgun that he had um, illegally acquired. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so he was, uh, Solomon was on his way into Trolley. Correct. And he was on his way into Trolley Square yep. with the intent of committing mayhem. With Absolutely. Yeah. And the thing that's interesting or ironic is that um, the first responders had no idea that there were victims in the back parking lot. That being your husband and, mm-hmm. and uh, your son, A.J. And two really amazing women, um, A.J. flagged them down in the bottom parking lot. And, you know, he is frantic and bloodied. And these he's two... got He's got shotgun yeah. pellets in his body and his, in his head, and right? cars had passed him by as he was trying to wave them down. But these two um, young women, Jenna and uh, Kristen, um, stopped and picked A.J. up. And they took him around to the front of Trolley Square and said, we've got this young man that's been wounded. And they go, well, where did he come from? So that was the first indication that they knew that there was somebody in the back parking lot. So. Uh, and your your husband Jeff, as far as you can beat, know or uh, was just was shot like twice by Suleiman and yeah, um, you know I I became very good friends. I actually reached out to the homicide detective because I wanted to find out that some of the things that I was hearing were accurate because I didn't want to perpetuate something that was untrue. But I had heard that Jeff stood in front of AJ. So I reached out to the the homicide detective at the time, um, Detective Mark Sharman, who has since retired from Salt Lake PD. And I said, you know, is it true? Did, did Jeff really kind of turn mm-hmm. in a protective stance towards AJ? And he said, yeah. He said he did. He turned and, and um, you know, it's pretty amazing that his last act here on earth was in protecting his son. And so AJ would have died regardless. I mean, excuse me. Jeff, Jeff would have mm-hmm. died regardless, but he gave AJ the opportunity to gather his wits after he received the shotgun blast mm-hmm. or spray mm-hmm. and uh, gather himself and run. Can I can I ask you why you wanted to know whether that was true or not? Why why wouldn't you just Oh, that's a good question. You know, just accept the fact that that he did it. That he your your husband did 
would, I, I, it's curious well, that you, you wanted to find out if that's was it really true that he did that or I would you know you you could have just said my husband died a hero yeah wow you know it, and nobody ever asked you that before uh, no no one has and I'm thinking about it you know we're talking so much about fake news right now yeah maybe I had some kind of you know I try to be integrity driven and I didn't want to perpetuate something that was not true mm-hmm. I mean even though I love my husband incredibly much and I knew that he was a good man I didn't want to I didn't want to mm-hmm. say something that was not true and so you know there were I also wanted to find out more information about the incident which is really interesting that you would ask me because nobody has asked me that before but mm-hmm. my response was I wanted to know everything click by click by click in really? time I did I did I did uh, so uh, other people were in Trolley Square, and they mm-hmm. also were uh, killed. Uh, in, so it was uh, – was it ch- two other people, and then also they count the shooter as no. one? No. So three other people and then the shooter also. S- four. So there was um, – oh, Four uh, other, yeah. And there was Jeff and then a young woman um, outside of uh, of a jewelry store, and then there were – Three people in the card shop. All right. Yeah, in cabin fever. And then uh, uh, Suleiman was ultimately shot mm-hmm. there mm-hmm. by an off-duty Ogden. No, actually, the off-duty Ogden police officer distracted him enough. He pulled out his weapon, mm-hmm. but it was actually um, an officer with Salt Lake PD. Uh, who they 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 got there in pretty rapid. Time, they the did Salt Lake PD. They did, and there was an off-duty Ogden cop there who was had a gun. Yeah, and, so and he distracted he him. He distracted and, him, and um, and then then fires were being volleyed back and forth between himself and and then Salt Lake PD came in. Mm. So pretty pretty big mess. Pretty uh, big mess. Uh, so uh, this was in February. And uh, February twelfth, uh, mm-hmm. two thousand seven, mm-hmm. and and what? Um, so, so you get a call. Well, tell the story. Tell well, more no of call. the story about how you found out <clears throat> about it or what was going on. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, well, interesting. I, I need to kind of say one thing. I'm I'm able to tell this story over and over again because, um, AJ and I and the rest of my kids. I have four children. Um, we found. Uh, a therapist that practiced a type of, I don't know if it's necessarily new, but it was recently embraced by the uh, mental health community. It's a trauma therapy called EMDR. EMDR. It's, it's pretty amazing. It's pretty amazing. You can you can look it up and find out more information about it. But, you know, we just happened upon her, and um, we went through this trauma therapy that has really helped us process and be able to talk about it and not have it, you know, trigger anything. Yeah. What so, is it, what does EMDR stand for? Okay. It's called <laughs> Nobody it, ever asked you that before either, <laughs> did they? <laughs> Excuse me. It is eye movement desensitization. No, I can't even say desensitization. it. Yeah. Dylan, look it up. <laughs> EMDR. EMDR, yeah. Um, eye movement. <clears throat> what is it? Eye movement desensitization and reprocessing therapy. Therapy. So it takes, um, when you have a trauma, I know we're kind of going in a different okay. direction, but I know when, right. when you have a trauma, 
and I've, I've really studied this a lot and actually have gone to a lot of seminars and classes on the neurobiology of trauma. It's really interesting. I could talk about that for a minute as well. But um, it, your body is so, so finely tuned. When something happens to you, the part of your brain that they call the primitive part of the brain takes that memory or that incident and it immediately grabs onto it and um, prevents you from having your body just shut down and, and die. It's it's the primitive part of the brain, but it can't reason through really difficult traumas and situations. Mm-hmm. So people that haven't dealt with it properly are sometimes crippled for many years afterwards because the primitive part of the brain is still holding that memory. So what does eye movement have to do with it? You, uh, it's um, it's where you are uh, stimulating the receptors in your brain and the neurons, and you're moving that memory from the primitive brain to the reasoning part of the brain by um, eye movement, so by visual, sensory, and sound. And it's really fascinating. We worked with a psychologist. I know there are uh, licensed clinical social workers can also do it. There's um, an intensive training that they have to do. Mm-hmm. But I, I truly feel that this is what gave us our life back. I, I really do. Well, let's go, go back then to uh, wh- how what – how you found out about the shooting and yeah. all of that. So my uh, youngest, my two older children had moved out of the home. So we just had AJ and my um, 17-year-old daughter, Alex, Alexandra, living with Jeff and I. And AJ and Jeff, of course, had gone on to Trolley Square. And Alex and I were watching 24. We loved that show with Kiefer <laughs> Sutherland, the original, not the mm-hmm. secondary version of yeah. it. Um, and we were watching it, and there was – horrifically enough, there was a news crawl that just kind of came across the bottom of the TV. And it said, there's been a shooting at Trolley Square. I I always teased Jeff that I was, I never panicked. Um, I always kind of click into something that, you know, I I take over the situation. And my daughter turned to me, she goes, Mom, that's where Dad and AJ are. And I said, I know, I know. You know, and I started calling their phones, and they didn't answer. And I kept calling them, and then I started calling AJs, and, you know, teenagers always, well, unless they're avoiding you, but he didn't answer either. And then, because I'm always a a glass half full um, kind of person, I'm always trying to look at the positive things of life. And I said, okay, you know what? There's a shooting. They can't, they have to have their phones off. They've dropped their phones. So I'm going in that direction. They're they're smart. They're safety-driven. This is what's happened. And... um, they weren't answering. And then my home phone rang. And on the caller ID, it said um, University of Utah Hospital. Did you jump to a conclusion then? Oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah, again, um, you know, I, hmm. I'm looking at the positive side of everything, and they've got them. They've got them. So, but that was not the case. They said they had your son, AJ. Yeah, they said they had AJ. And did you say, immediately <laughs> say, what about my husband? Where's yep. my husband, Jeff? Yeah. Yep. And what'd they say? Um, you know, you could you could hear the panic uh, in their voices, and you could hear the chaos in the background. Mm-hmm. I do remember that. That's really very, you know, burned in my in my brain. Um, I immediately thought this is not good, <laughs> uh, and I asked the nurse. Um, you know, she said, "We have AJ. You need to get up here right away." And that's just like you said. I said, do you have my husband? And 
you could just hear it was chaos. And she goes, we don't know yet. They're bringing people in. We have LDS hospitals getting some. The university's getting some. They were shipping them all over. I know there was a 52-year-old man. So, you know, this is kind of what we're hearing. Yeah. Yeah. So you get in your car, off you go to the hospital. Actually, I, you know, we'd had some some other emergencies in our family in previous years. Our our son had fallen out of a second out of our top, second story window one time. I mean, it just you know. We're, mm-hmm. So we knew. I knew that you don't ever drive yourself to the hospital. You actually have somebody take you, because many um, accidents. Because you're too panicked you're and too, too pa- mm-hmm. distracted, mm-hmm. and yeah, I can Isn't see that. Isn't it interesting that. that I would have the, I would have the wherewithal to call somebody. To well, take again, me to, but again, you, you know, you'd had some yeah, experience things happen. Yeah, you know, to, yeah. So, um, we were driven to the hospital, and we were ushered into a waiting room. Had no idea what was going on. You could just see panicking. You know, and, and everyone was very professional, but the you. But come on, you can see it. Mm-hmm. So, and uh, your son was not. I mean, they he was not critically injured, right? I mean, they they said kind of uh, thanks, Dylan. Um, yeah, thanks. They said. Uh, I mean, it, it was was it clear to you that he was probably going to pull through? But they didn't know. You didn't know. Yeah, we didn't know. Um, and then they had to rush him right into brain surgery. Um, so we just really didn't know. No one gives you any kind of a prognosis. They just tell you what's going mm-hmm. on. Yeah. So you're just, you're flying blind. And you're at the hospital first. And then you, and then eventually while that first, after that first moment at the hospital, you find out about. Not till two o'clock the following morning. Did you find out about your husband? No, not until two o'clock. They would. Really? Yeah, that was really strange. Um, they, they, I've later in talking with Chief Burbank after. You know, he has, was so kind, and he apologized. You know, this was something that they had never dealt with. This was a, this was a massive scene of, you know, who knows what. Yeah. So you know, they were just trying to get their arms around what they were dealing. They with. probably kept the deceased all right there, and just kept and and then did their investigation yeah. Yeah. of it. Yeah. To, yeah. Because it's important for them as much as it apparently was important to you. Yeah. To know exactly what happened That's in what true. order. Mm-hmm. That's true. So we, you know, this happened at six o'clock in the evening, and I did not know for sure that Jeff was actually gone until two o'clock that following morning. But you had a pretty good idea, probably after yeah, a while. Yeah, know. yeah. He's not calling you. He's not no. saying I'm okay. Yeah. Don't worry. I just they're questioning yeah. everybody. Or yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. And your son didn't know. What did he? Know? Was he able to talk to you at all? Um, you know what? He, when I walked in the room, I, you know, he just had this huge, um, smile on his face to see me. It was kind of interesting. And he just said, uh, mom, dad was really smart. And I said, how was dad smart, AJ? And he said, um, he pretended like he was to sleep. So that's what he was telling himself, mm-hmm. AJ. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> so, um, and then, so your son's injuries were, uh, he had some brain injuries, and has it ca- caused, has it continued to cause problems? Uh, he, you know, he's, well, it's been 10 years, so he's now 26, <laughs> and he's at the U, you know, um, and, and, and doing really well and putting in a lot of effort to try and um, 
try and make this work. He, you know, obviously had a what they call a TBI or a traumatic brain injury as a result of that. He's still carrying around about 24 pellets in his head Hmm. that, um, you know, I was sitting next to him one time and he goes, Mom, what is this? And he was kind of rubbing a little bump on his, on his, and then it pops out. Pellet, yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, uh, we've often said that we were lucky. You know, this is so strange to even use these words with regard to the situation, but we felt lucky because AJ was shot with um, not lead pellet. It was still. So oh. there were other people that night were shot with, um, when he reloaded, was shot with lead and have a lot of issues associated with lead poisoning. Bizarre. <laughs> so, Did you... Um did you ever find out much about the shooter, about him and his family? Did you ever? No. You didn't? That's so, you know, again, Bill, very, I, you know, I've never been asked that. And no. I mean, I don't know. It's, you know, it's fast, fascinating to think about or, you know, God help us that we would have to deal yeah. with it. You know, some people would be you know, be bitter and not want to know anything about it. And yeah. then and then there you hear stories about some families who make attempts to reach out to the families of the who, you know, and, I know that happened and, and, and say, you know, and try and, and try and have some some closure with them and say, yeah. w- it wasn't your fault. It was, you know, don't yeah. don't carry that burden with you. And you know, that kind of thing. It's interesting. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. No, you know, we were I was so consumed with just getting AJ than surviving because mm-hmm. we didn't know it was touch and go with him whether he would survive. And, and, then, this, and, <clears throat> and then this also turns Vicki Walker's life upside down in, <laughs> in, in a number of ways, not only emotionally, but um, I, you, you, you didn't have any profession or training of a job, did you? Or Yeah, I was actually a partner in an uh, architectural interior design oh. firm for many years. And um, <clears throat> so, and you know, my background was in marketing and communications. And, uh, but, you know, I was, I, I had a very flexible schedule and I had two teenagers. And <clears throat> so we tried to carve out as much time as we possibly what's could. Your, and what did your husband do? He was what they call a wholesaler. He was in the financial industry. So. He was doing well. Yeah, he was at the end. It was kind of like. Uh, you you work your whole life to achieve certain things sometimes you know mm-hmm. if you're on that upwardly mobile path yeah and uh he had certainly achieved that the last 4 or 5 years of our marriage and um you know was living the good life so and toys and yeah boats and cars oh, and yeah, bo- a nice and house a yeah, nice house yeah. interestingly enough i think i mentioned this to you but i was laying in bed with one night and we had all these things that we had worked all of our life for, and I'm laying there. I'm going, hmm, this is interesting. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> it just, you know, it just wasn't. It, I, it was really kind of an eye opener for me. It was just really not that important. <laughs> so, so that's all uh, just totally blown apart. Yeah, and for sure. And and then the pri- so the primary breadwinner, is, yeah, is gone. Yep. But they. This, you know, and it always seems so unfair to me. Mm-hmm. The the people, they should say, well, you don't have to pay the mortgage anymore. They should. They oh, should say, oh, uh, you gosh. know, I know you still owe, uh, th- uh, you know, three years payments on this car. Yeah. But you don't, you know, you don't have, 
you're the guy, the person who was making the money is gone. You don't, you just don't have to pay that anymore. But they don't do that. Oh no, you they don't give a shit. They <laughs> they they don't give a shit. <laughs> they keep coming after you for the payments on the things that are there, and yeah, and it's like you know, have you you've seen that movie, The Big Short? Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, that was that was us. Yeah, we we we. I lost my house because mm-hmm. of of what happened, and yeah. How how bad did it get financially? Mm. I mean, did it uh. medical bills again? They should say <laughs> again. They should say you know this, this was you, you don't have to pay the medical bills, but you do. You do, you do, and you're still trying to clean up the tragedy and the drama of what you just experienced as a family. Yeah, you, you there's not there's not much of a safety net. You're kind of you're kind of just out there flying on your own. There is is there some I I noticed I, I was reading just reading up on this a little yeah. bit. There's some like there's a victims reparations fund oh, of some sort. What's yes. that? Yes. What's that all about? Well, we didn't know about it. You know, that's why, why yeah, would you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that's kind of that was the impetus which you know we'll talk about but um yeah, the victim reparation fund I found out about when I was sitting in the funeral home and I'm sobbing my eyes out because I don't know how I am going to pay for a decent casket for my husband. You know, I don't know anything about this. I've been planning my week out and my life and what I was going to do at work and my kids' schedule. And all of a sudden you have to kind of start thinking in a different area. Do funeral homes let you make payments on stuff like that? You know, you don't know. So uh, we're sitting in the in the funeral home, and I'm I kind of lost it, and I didn't lose it very much. I held it together, but the reality that I didn't know how I was going to pay for Jeff, mm-hmm. um, you know, insurance hadn't money hadn't kicked in. I didn't know, you know, what we had there, and you know, you're just kind of flying blind. And so Jeff's brother, who worked in law enforcement, said, "Yeah, I think there's some kind of a fund." And you know you're you're not going to look into it because you're dealing with yeah. a million trillion things that are all of a sudden cropping up. But somebody that was sitting in there in that room with me, I don't even know who it was, looked into uh, victims' reparation, and that's when I found out about there's monies that have been set aside for funeral costs. So, so at least that. Yeah. At least that. Yeah, but you don't know about it. It's not yeah. something that's in your in your uh, you know your arsenal of responses again why i isn't there somebody there should be somebody with a police agency mm-hmm. or something grief counselors or or, or there's some victims advocate who yeah. immediately contacts yeah. you and says yeah here's what we can do to help here's get, let us let us know what what's your situation yeah you know because some families would say well we're fine we've we're set for you know, we have enough and we're, we're okay. Some families might. Yeah. And, but a lot of families say, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know where my husband's insurance policies are. Yeah. I don't know who to talk to about that. I know. Jeff would say, so, he'd say, well, I've, you know, I've got this. And I go, you know, I don't want to talk about it. Just make, you know, mm-hmm. honestly, it's like, I don't want to go there. Nobody wants to go there. Mm-hmm. And I'm, gl- I'm glad you brought that up because um, eat, m- most, maj- most of the major cities in Utah have victim advocates. And the only reason we did not, our family did not have a victim advocate, is that the crime scene was so large. There were so many people that were involved. And it was one of the first 
crime scenes of this magnitude that Salt Lake PD um, dealt with, that you, they couldn't get their arms around how many victims there were. Mm. And so the victim advocates were out there, but they couldn't find us. They couldn't get the names of who everybody was and just because they were still processing. Mm-hmm. And so we, I, I'm very good friends with the victim advocate, um, the head of the victim advocate program at Salt Lake PD. And Wendy Isom, she's amazing. And she just said, you know, we were just sitting there trying to find you so that we could help you. So mm-hmm. ours was a very unusual situation. But victim advocates are called into action the minute um, something of this nature happens. Mm-hmm. And they, they do help and they do work with the victim through the process. They, they so, help you find out where the insurance is? or Yeah, they, they're, you know. they're just that. They're, they're advocates yeah. on behalf of the victim. I think I mean, I think I said to my wife, there's one guy who handles all of the insurance and all of the 401ks, and, yeah. and, and she knows who that is. <laughs> yeah. This is a guy that I deal with, and, and so all, all she would really have to do is call him and yeah. say, oh, here's, here's the But story. let's, come on, Bill, let's be honest with each other. How often do you want to have those conversations? You don't. You don't at want all. to. I mean, no. you're smart. I'm smart. You just, you don't, I mean, it's just like no. I said, I, okay, 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 I don't want to hear it. Just tell me, you know. Mm-hmm. Just give me the bare minimum. I don't want to really concentrate too much on this. So, so uh, your your life is in chaos. You lose your home. Ugh. What uh, what else? You you go. <laughs> you go what what else happened there? Well, I am going to say in defense. You know, we I. <laughs> You always know I don't know what to say. You know me well <laughs> enough. I start to do this, and I'm like stumped. Um, we. So right. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, you had kids in college. I, uh, you know, I had, they have to... No, they were in high school. Oh, they, they I, were just, oh, you didn't they have... were 16 and 17. My other kids were um, out of college and on their way. And, oh, yeah. okay. Um, you know, as a result of that situation, I knew that we would need to make some drastic investment choices in order to keep everything status quo till we've pulled our life together and can mm-hmm. function and... I invested um, some money to try and save our house because I knew that we could not afford um, could not afford the home that you know we were living in while Jeff was still here, and yeah. so that money was actually um, it was affinity fraud. <laughs> oh, uh, this! Oh, I now I remember yeah. talking to you about this, and you know, and and I'm going to be you know, in defense, um, uh, Chief Burbank said to me, you know, don't ever. The article came out. I didn't know this either, that there are reporters that read the lawsuits that come down at the city and county building. Mm-hmm. And if your name is of any, you know, public importance, mm-hmm. it'll pop up. It'll pop up. Mm-hmm. And I was out of town and there was an article on the front page of the Tribune that I had no idea. So let's let's explain to people what happened. Somebody in your uh, neighborhood, neighborhood yeah. came to you and said... I, I think I can help you. I know that you have some insurance money, and you said yes. Well, I was, you know, again, I, I, the thing I didn't want to mention is that I, I read the posts after the article, mm-hmm. and they were things like, you know, how you know how stupid could you be, and you know, greedy, and all of these kind of things, and it was devastating to me because. None of those things were my modus operandi. We were just trying to hang on to what we had until we could 
regroup mm-hmm. as a family. Well, never. So never read the comments on anything. Never. <laughs> never. But then the it other, was devastating. The other. So let's. So so this guy in your neighborhood comes to you and say he's a, has some investments in real estate or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And he and just says, said, uh, "I know, you know, you. I know you're you're kind of in a, a tight fix on your house, and let me see if I can try and help you. I've got. I do have this." Oh my gosh! Now it sounds so, it sounds so ridiculous to say it now. No, it's almost embarrassing. I don't think so. Really? I read about oh. it. I don't think so. Especially, you know, you're you're grieving and you know you're having a hard time. How long after this incident? Less than a year. Yeah. So he says, and you gave him some money. You cut him a check for a fairly substantial amount of money to try and hang on to the house mm-hmm. and and keep things. He said, "I'll yeah. get you a return on this investment quick." And it's a pretty, it's a big, big investment, yeah. and, and you know you'll yeah. get uh, this uh, like twelve percent interest back on it, and yeah. it should start rolling in fast. Yeah, and it never did. It never did. He just, no. he just used the money for his own purposes and cheated you out of it. It was the market fell. I mean, nobody plans to have you know the marketplace fall, and he right. got caught with his pants down. Well, and so he used your money. He used our to money try and bail himself to out. bail himself out, yeah. and then. Rather so, than be honest and say, everything has fallen to shit, here's your money back, I can't do this. You got it. Yeah. You know, and, and, and as, as high-functioning as I thought I was, and I know I was through all of this, mm-hmm. you are placed in situations that you really just don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. And you just know that y- you have to move forward some way, and you're just not thinking on all cylinders. I mean, you're just not functioning on all cylinders. And, um, you know, the bank was, yeah, 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 we know your situation. We're going to work with you. But if you saw the movie, The Big Short, Mm -hmm. that was what was going on behind the scenes with regard to us. Mm -hmm. And uh, they were never planning on taking a fair market offer um, because the market had crashed. Our home was, we were upside down in our home. Mm -hmm. And um, I was prepared to make a fair market offer on it and, and not have to disrupt my family. And they were actually never really planning on doing that. Did you, and you never got your money back either, did you? That I did. You did get the money back I that did. Uh, the, the guy swindled you out of? Uh, uh, you know, embarrassing for me again, but um, we got it back because um, the attorney general's office said, we want to take your case. Now, there are a lot of people in the state of Utah that were caught up in, in this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Do you know somebody who won't wear their seatbelt? Well, if they won't listen to their cars dinging, maybe you should add some of your own. Ding, 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 ding. Go ahead, kids. Chime in. Ding, ding, ding. Hey, you, on the street, tell this guy to wear a seatbelt. Yep, it's okay to speak up. Because you know what? You could save their life. Learn more at buckleupva.com. A message from the Virginia Department of Motor Vehicles. I said, why are you taking our case? And he said, because it's high profile and it'll get the word out there. Mm-hmm. So in a way, I felt like the sacrificial lamb to mm-hmm. kind of let everybody know, <laughs> you know, please be careful. You know, please don't do these kind of things. Don't don't invest with neighbors. Don't. Yeah. Affinity fraud. I'd never heard of it, actually. So I know it very well now. Aff- affinity fraud is, uh, to be more specific about it, I guess, is what... It happens a lot within the LDS Church. Ugh, yeah, people. So, uh, so well, any co- any 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 group where there's a trust level established yeah. is how they 
loosely define it. So it could be a, a bunco group. It could be a religious organization. It could be mm-hmm. the Elks Lodge. Mm-hmm. Anything where there is a... Damned Elks. Those Elks. Those the, and the Masons. Forget about <laughs> Oh, yeah, the Masons. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> With all their codes. And <laughs> were you a religious person? Were you a religious family? We were. Um, LDS? Yes. Church yes. going? Yep, we were. I always... I always we, we, how do I... I told you one time how I described us. We're very, very open-minded, very embracing. So um, we kind of observed in our way. Mm-hmm. Now, what did this did this traumatic life experience uh, alter that in any way? Uh, no. Um, hmm. I, I mean, did it alter it? You know. I don't care if you are Baptist, Jewish, Mormon, Catholic, um, Muslim, Hindu. we Hindu, um, all, any 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 of those groups. We actually really felt the physicality of good thoughts and prayers. You, I don't know how to really articulate that. Um, it's not exclusive to one particular body of people, but we could feel. Um, prayers. We could fill it. And mm-hmm. I don't know how to articulate that any other way. Mm. Um, I have talked to my non-religious friends that have had difficulty and they too have felt that they have benefited from a, a power of positive thinking or something of that nature. But I can truly say, you know, whether, whether um, I'm agnostic or religious or atheist, it was really interesting. I I felt the physicality of good thoughts, prayers, anything offered up on our behalf. Uh, aside from this guy who swindled you, mm-hmm. were people... Oh. Were, I, I seriously, just, I... This is one of my... It's really hard I've noticed me. this is one of my favorite things that you do. You, do, you go... Fairly <laughs> 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 It's, you know, I, it, it was, you know, it was really hard. That was, that was so hard to have to go through that experience and be, um, judged, um, by those sitting in their parents' basement mm-hmm. eating pizza in their under- underwear. Um, <laughs> it was really hard. It was hard to read those words. So aside from that, yeah. that guy, yeah. uh, were that guy. people mostly supportive and did you find the best in people? Um, uh, oh, well, Let's just say this. Um, Mormons know how to do death and divorce <laughs> as long as there's really a an, an, um, one in the divorce situation that is very obvious that he or she mm-hmm. were the ones that um, promoted it. Mm-hmm. But they don't quite know how to do infinity fraud or <laughs> when someone, you know, is... It, 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 it was it was really weird. It was really weird. My kids were really turned off by how people didn't quite know how to behave, because he was in my he was in my religious congregation, and every fast and testimony meeting, man, he would beeline up there to talk about, you know, he would never hurt anybody, and mm-hmm. he was, and meanwhile, myself and my two kids are sitting on the back row going. What? Yeah. Well, you heard us. You know. But I mean, I mean, just in that—that that is weird. And I, I read some one of the stories about it, and even you know, talking to reporters in the in the papers, he was 
listen, you know, I'm as innocent as ever. Ugh. This just happened. It just caught, everybody got caught up in this. Yeah, he was pretty. I just say it, Bill. You just say it. He was an asshole. Thank you. <laughs> Guy's an asshole. But, yeah. uh, uh, but, I, but I mean, aside from that, <laughs> <laughs> were there people around you who helped you with your oh. situation and were, were oh, for supportive? Oh, sure. for sure. Mm-hmm. I, I would say as a collective, they quite didn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. In this particular situation, you know, um, we do death really well, but but then when this cropped up, everybody it was kind of but it my, fractured things in your ward. It even. did, yeah. it did, and it was like I just kind of kept quiet. But when I could see that it was, oh my gosh! Mm-hmm. But I I had my girl squad. I had you know Good. I had my mm-hmm. supporters, and you know we were very well liked in in the area. I mean, come on, I we're happy people mm-hmm. and we're nice and. But it was just really strange. It was really strange. So um, it's been uh, 10 years. 10 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you, now, do you still live in the same area? Oh, no. 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 After we lost our house, I had a really good friend. I'm going to give a shout out to Smith Smith. He, I was sitting on the stairs of my home, and all of my belongings were being put in pods and horse. We didn't know we were going to lose our house. We really, they'd led us to believe that it was not going to happen, and it happened. And they always do let you know on a Friday night so that you can't, don't have any recourse with an attorney or anything. And um, he just said to me, Vicki, you know what? Don't think about the kids. Don't think about what you've got. Don't think about having to store things. He said, where do you want to live? And uh, I thought, you know, oh, I, I've got to stay out here. This is where my, where my friends are. And he's, no, 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 no. You just think about where you, what sings to your heart. Don't think about the kids. Maui. Yeah. You know, <laughs> Scottsdale yes. in, the, in the winter. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know what? AJ and I used to always drive up kind of um, up in the avenues and in the evening um, during the summer and around in the Sugar House area. And he one day AJ just said to me, he goes, why don't you ever want to, don't you want to live up here, Mom? And I looked at him and I went, Yeah. I kind of do. You want to live in the avenues. Or somewhere around in that area, yeah. you mm-hmm. know? And I went, yeah. This, I, this is so different than what we've done in the sub- suburbs. Oh, it really is, isn't it? It's, yeah. yeah. It's like you, you said earlier on, you know, you weren't, you, you didn't feel comfortable coming, coming uh, north. And I never, listen, I get past 21st South going south, and I oh. just feel like, God, I don't want to be here. Oh, my gosh, Bill. I hate going south. You and my friends that lived up in, uh, lived north of 33rd, they always say, when they would come out and see us in South Jordan, they go, ugh. <laughs> oh, how could you live out here? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, now that I live, I live on 13th South, and mm-hmm. now if I have to go past 33rd, I'm like, ugh. Yeah. I don't want to go out What's, there anymore. Ikea is in Nevada. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah. So uh, you, uh, but but uh, you you've things stabilized, and and part of the way I think you got things um, stabilized in your life, if I understand it correctly, was kind of going, getting outside of yourself, and you st- decided to start some sort of a foundation or a charity, yeah. or how did that all come about? It's time for technology to give you more family time, not less. 
Introducing Nucleus, the Wi-Fi home intercom with auto answer. Call from room to room or home to home with no monthly fees. No more yelling up and downstairs and no more struggling to set up Skype calls with Grandma and Grandpa. Nucleus is available today at NucleusLife.com. Use code GOEAT to get a special discount. Decided to start some sort of a foundation or a charity, yeah. or how did that all come about? Well, we were still living in the home out in South Jordan, and the kids had gone out that evening, and I was home alone, and I don't do alone very well. And I was watching TV, and I was in the cable channels, and I absolutely do not watch E. I don't watch the Kardashians. I don't watch them, but I was going through the channels, and there was the towers at Trolley Square, and then bing, 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 these pictures started to scroll through around the towers of Trolley Square, and they were naming each of the people that had died that night, and there was Jeff, and then they talked about AJ, and this was on the, the five worst postal moments in America. It was a thing that E had done. Hmm. And the press had really hounded us on both a local and a national level. Right, really? after, right after it happened, they wanted Larry King was trying to get me to come on his show with AJ. And AJ was a month and a half. He had a really? brain injury. Mm-hmm. Do you think I'm going to parade him in front of people? But I'm Larry King. Yeah. Larry King, hello. So, you know, I'm sitting there and all of a sudden it hit me. It hit me so strong. I have to control the story. There's an interest in in our family. And I my background was in marketing and communications. And I went, I have got to do something with what I know. Because as hard as I try, I can't go back to my old life. I tried to replicate it. Oh, it's just not going to happen. So... I'm sitting there, and all of a sudden, it just it just clicked. It just started clicking. I mean, I, I don't know how to, but my mind just started going, bing, 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 bing. Mm. And I started to write down what I knew. So I don't know everything about this kind of a situation, but I know what I know. And I know where we suffered, where, where there were hits and there were misses in the community. Mm-hmm. And the kind of needs that were met yeah, and not met. and not met. And, and at the time, I didn't understand the neurobiology of trauma. I just knew what I'd gone through and how my brain was working and how things flowed for me. And I just started to write down, and that's when my journey began. And at that moment, the name of the organization came, and I tried to talk myself out of it. I went, oh, you know, it can be misconstrued what it is. But in the end, I had to go with my gut. And the community absolutely circled around our family and the others. I can only speak to myself. But, uh, I mean, a year after the event, um, a Domino's contacted me and said, we want to deliver pizzas to you every Friday night still. They, they, did, they did that for a year. Hmm. I had somebody in the grocery store come up to me and put their arm on my shoulder and say, we think about your family all the time. The community was really amazing and it made a difference. And I thought, so that's, you know, they circled around us in a time of, of real insecurity and struggling and gave us some, some peace. So and that's then where the name came. Circle, C- Circle the Wagons. Yep. Yeah, Circle and, the Wagons. And uh, you can find out about Circle the wa- Wagons if you want to 
get more involved with it or know exactly what yeah. it is, you, there's a website. Yeah, you know? the website, I have to be careful, or you'll go to a right wing. <laughs> <laughs> and I am a, a Democrat. So anyway, we don't want you to go there. Um, it is circle-the-wagons.org. So you have to put a hyphen or a dash in a between. A dash, yeah. yeah. a dash. Circle-the-wagons.org. Dash dash and uh, so, and how long before? Now I've got in front of me here, and you want to take a picture of this, Dylan, and then people can see it on the website. How long before you started doing this can of hope? Yeah, it's um, you know, it's kind of interesting. Uh, how do it's? You're asking me to talk about my child, and you're moved away from the microphone. You're asking right? me to speak yeah. about something important, and I don't know. I'm, I try to do the cliff notes on this and I just can't. So I'll just start and then you just cut me off. But okay. Okay. That's yeah, enough. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Okay. Yeah, okay that's- so, um, you know, we, like I said, there were a lot of things out there that were hits and misses. And mm-hmm. let me just tell you, I'm sitting in a waiting room. My husband has just been murdered. My son is in emergency brain surgery and somebody very kind came in talked to me about some things and handed me a file folder with some papers in it. So what, what did you get from what I just told you? Not much. Not I mean, much. No. A, I couldn't remember anything. B, I couldn't process anything. Right. And C, there was too much information in that file folder for me to even absorb. Because how do you know what to look into if you don't know what to look mm-hmm. into? So as the evening went on, I have no idea where that file folder went. So... As I'm sitting there that night in that in my chair and I was thinking about, I thought we have got to figure out a delivery system of information and support to the victim, um, the surviving victim and their family, that is not going to be too much for them to absorb, is going to be given to them in a way that they will hang on to it. It's not going to get lost. It's not going to get mis- misplaced. And also, it's going to show a token of community support. There were some people in that incident that didn't have the family and friends support like we did. Mm-hmm. And that really made an impact on me. Within an hour of the event, we had over 50 people in the waiting room mm-hmm. with us. And there was another family that was sitting there that didn't really have anybody. Really kind of made an impact on me. And so this can of comfort is one of our programs. It's not the only program. Mm-hmm. But it's the one that's getting the most attention locally and nationally. So, so it says it's uh, it's a it's a twelve ounce can. Yeah, it's like a like a can of tomatoes or something. Yeah, but it's got a, a label on it that you've put on it. it. Says circle the wagon, lemon drops. Yeah, we just put something in it, so we're not handing an, an empty can. A can of yeah. comfort. They're not going to lose this. But when you're setting, um, you know, it's. Something that they'll open up, they'll pass it around, they'll, uh, you know, it's, we're trying to give support on several different levels. I'm going to tell you this, uh, Mara Haight with Rape Recovery, when we we launched with Mara Haight, our program, sorry, you know what, that is a tag that's all in Spanish. Yeah, I noticed that. (laughs) Sorry. I I was good. How's your Spanish, Bill? Not good. It probably would have been... A little more instructive if I knew what this said. But I have to tell you, Mara um, said to me when we uh, joined forces together, we, we they're giving our cans of comfort out um, when they go to the hospitals um, for rape, uh, to do rape kits. She said it's the most brilliant piece of victim 
um, information and services that I've seen. So there's a little, um, now I've just opened the can. I yeah. haven't really looked in there yet. Yeah. But there's a, a, a little key that says hope and strength on it. So what, and, it and then a label attached yeah. to that. This one's all in Spanish. <laughs> What's the, what is the gist? Of I obviously was in a hurry when I left my house. <laughs> what, what, is the, what is the gist of what so, this label So says? what we did was we put the tag, we put the information on the outside. Why did we do that? Because no one's going to open a file folder. No one is going to dig. They're not going to dig well, through. It's, and it's kind of hard to open that can. Yeah. We were looking around for, you know, something. Yeah. You have to kind of, pry, like a paint can, you have to kind of pry the lid so off. So what we did is we put the It occurred cli- to me you can just use the key to open the Well, can. it's what yeah. we did. Is that yeah. what you did? Yeah. yeah. Oh. So what we did on the tag that hangs on the side, we put what are the cliff notes of services. First thing on there, victim reparation. Victim reparation is federally and state funded. It paid for some of our medical bills. It paid for our therapy. It helped pay for funeral costs. I never knew about this organization. It's part of our state. Um, We have on there other resources, rape recovery, there's a, a Vine Line 211 where you can get information on where to go for help. So it's it's not the end all of information, but it's the beginning. Mm. Remember I told you, if you get too much information in that first 96 hours, you're never going to absorb it. So we just gave them enough to get them started. And then on the other side of the tag, we developed what we call the 96-hour survival guide. I picked 96 hours because I knew from my experience that that is when I was probably the least functioning, um, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. Mm brain-wise. Now, 10 years later, we are lecturing across the state of Utah on the neurobiology of trauma. The first 96 hours are the time when you are not thinking the clearest. What are some of the things that I can't read in Spanish (laughs) that are are on there? (laughs) One of the first things is is to find a family member, or a friend to be with you through the process. A victim advocate is good, and they'll be there for you, but you also need somebody that you're very familiar with. You need a family spokesperson if, in fact, this is a public event. You need to um, make sure that you get your case number. You need to make sure that you write the detective's name down. You make sure that you – it's just kind of a checklist of everything Mm -hmm. you need to know in in those first few days that – that you're just not thinking clearly. And so we've kind of given them a roadmap, and I will I will send you over the, the right one. I think I can read the last one. Really? What does it say? I think it says, and as necessary, design a plan, a safety plan to be used by your family. Yep. Is that what I see? Yeah. That's Very good. good. Very good. You know what? The Se- safety plan is Seguridad, kind of, that's safety. Yeah. The, the safety plan is kind of what happened in Sandy, mm-hmm. um, where she oh, was- Oh, in the, the recent shooting she in was, Sandy. She was taking steps, and she did everything right. Um, pulling together a safety plan for a family just didn't anticipate something like that. We, uh, uh, we were talking about that today uh, during the Radio from yep, Hell show, the, sh- the shooting in Sandy, and- um, wondering and uh, and and perhaps and maybe you should come on our show and talk about it on the on the ra- main radio show. Sure. About you know what that woman called the police and then she hesitated to give the the guy who ended up killing her yeah. he- hesitated to give the police his name because she thought that would stir things up maybe yep. even worse. Yep. Uh, 
you're caught in a situation like that. You just don't know what the hell to do. You don't. And are are there steps that you should take that she did or did not do? And and you know, so we thought maybe we'd get an attorney. But do you know those kinds of things? Yeah, I I I think there are people that are better equipped to speak about it. I know it in kind of a peripheral sense, mm-hmm. but there are game plans. It would be it would be great maybe to have myself and a victim advocate uh, on that, that mm-hmm. can kind of give some information because. She did everything right, and from what I understand and from what, I, from what I'm hearing, Sandy City also did everything right. Um, I mean, Sandy PD. Mm-hmm. Um, it is just, it, 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 it was just a tragedy and a travesty. Um, yeah. You know, and we're all trying to figure out how that can be prevented. Yeah. And I don't think she was, and again, I'm just speaking on a periphery on this Mm -hmm. situation, but I'm just guessing by listening to what they talked about last night on the news that she didn't want to stir stir things up. Yeah. And um, Um, it says on the outside of the can, too, sweeter still is the fact that a portion of the proceeds from all sales will benefit Circle the Wagons to help those afflicted by violent crime find joy uh, in life again. Yeah. Um, so, uh, all sales of, well, interestingly enough, Tommy Bahama about four years ago really liked, um, what we were doing and it's a they, big clothing company yeah, and, and they actually wanted to support what we were doing on a national level and they put these to sell in their stores. Oh, so if you go into a Tommy Bahama store, they, they're not in there any longer. This was about four or five years ago. I, I, I it, yeah, I just, Kind of had a nervous breakdown trying to keep everything going for, <laughs> just trying to do work full time, do this, and and then. So inside the can, let's see. There is this going to be in Spanish too? Oh, let's, stop! This there's a little note. Is here. it in Spanish? No. <laughs> oh, this is this is a very brief uh, outline of your story. I mean, just a very small para, small paragraph about yeah. your story. But read, what does the last paragraph say? I hope this gesture of comfort and support will give you much-needed information about organizations that you can contact that can help you move forward, heal, rise above this trage- tragedy, and find joy in life. And uh, the, and then you have si- it's signed by you, Vicki mm-hmm. Walker. Mm-hmm. And then and then it's lemon drops. Yep. Like I said, we couldn't give an empty can. Mm. Um, and, and the whole purpose of the can is we wanted to move as far away from a file folder as possible. Like I said, we wanted something that would draw attention to it, mm-hmm. not get misplaced, and not uh, get lost. So and your and your uh, so apparently uh, you, a lot a lot of these go to rape recovery or rape victims. Yeah, um, we we have launched with most of the major police departments along the Wasatch Front. Um, and uh, we are also uh, partnering with um, Rape Recovery when their SART, uh, their sexual assault response uh, nurses go out to the hospitals. They take their uh, their information and a can of comfort. Mm-hmm. Um, we are in some hospital emergency rooms because that was actually our first point of contact with anybody that could have helped us was an emergency room when I went we went in. So like a little, in a closet or something? Yeah, there, and, yeah. And some, some, like a nurse can like go a, grab like it? Like a, a, a trauma response team member mm-hmm. from the hospital. Most hospitals have those. Mm-hmm. And nationally, we have received quite a bit of attention. Um, people, 
uh, magazine did a story on us, Good Housekeeping did, and I spoke at a national conference. And so um, we are getting clicks on our website on a national level. We Our website is a basically a repository of of information. So if they read an article, hear us speak, or, you know, find out our name, then uh, they can go to any state in the country and find resources. So we're a we're a mm-hmm. a resource center. Clearinghouse. There's, there's really of, yeah. not one like ours that we have found. I don't want to say something that's not true, but we've not seen anything out there. We're the only ones that are doing this on a national level. And then the um, the other um, program that we do is I educate the public, law enforcement, healthcare providers, anyone that will give me a podium about how to respond. Um, as a community and become more trauma informed, so that's that's kind of the catchphrase that people are using right now. Mm-hmm. Is we need to become trauma informed communities, but just by virtue of what happened just this last week, we yeah. have to become trauma informed communities. And didn't didn't you say you heard from somebody in Sandy City and law enforcement mm-hmm. there mm-hmm. that they've been handing these mm-hmm. cans of comfort out to uh, people who yep. witnessed the shooting yep. uh, on the street? Yep. Um, just anybody peripherally involved yeah. that might, because it's, it would be, I mean, think of that poor guy who, the guy who went there and th- thought, what's going on here? And he's leaning uh, yeah, down yeah. to help the woman. Yeah. And, and then he hears a gunshot. And he shot and, himself. And he, and he runs away and realizes that was the shot that yeah. the, the guy who, yeah. yeah. Well, there, I mean, Utah is full of amazing people that want to step in and help. And, um, you know, it's just really important. And now, you know. It's important that the community know how to help those that were witnessing it. I mean, it's been 10 years, and I still am hearing people say, my daughter was at Trolley Square, and she can't go back, 10 years later. Mm -hmm. So these incidences, we were considered, AJ and, and the survivors were considered primary victims. I, and you can see how my life imploded, am considered a secondary victim. And then there are the third uh, tier of victims, which are the people that witnessed it. And um, it's traumatizing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, our goal is to try and reach out to all of them and give them the information. So, and then the last thing that we do as an organization is we just started a educational fund for children that have lost an innocent parent to homicide. So it's very specific because, mm-hmm. you know, we found out that there are some organizations locally that have money that will only give to education funds. And I went, that's interesting. Hmm. So we need to start a scholarship fund because we need to, we need to grab that money and we need to help these kids. Mm-hmm. So, um, so all, 10 years later, mm-hmm. uh, how's your son doing? How's AJ doing? Oh, he's darling. He's up at the U um, in college. I we were talking about this the other night. He's close to being a junior. Um, he is doing well. I mean, you know, the reality is he has residual effects of the... There t- is some permanent per- yeah. brain damage. Uh, I, I would say uh, brain trauma. Um, you know, he he has difficulty... His short-term memory is kind of shot. And oh, so he, is mine. Yeah. <laughs> I, I said, don't feel bad, honey. And, um, you know, he has lost some peripheral Mm. vision in his left eye. And um, 
his ability to retain information sometimes is a little bit difficult. The reason I bring that to the forefront is because I am so proud of him because he is working so hard. And he went this year at the U without having to do tutors and note takers. He really wanted to try and do it. You know, I wouldn't have. Mm-hmm. That makes me, you know, but he did. Mm. I mean, he how did well. Your, how about your other kids? I have a daughter married with children in um, Texas. Doing okay? Yeah. Yeah. I mean. Um, it's traumatizing for all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have a son that lives in Australia. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have uh, my other daughter that was living with me at the time that Jeff was killed uh, lives in Austin. Mm. Her job transferred her to Austin. So mm-hmm. it's just AJ and I right now. And, you know, he's going to fly the coop soon. Yeah. <laughs> Thank and, goodness for my 100-pound Labrador. <laughs> and how about you? Um, you know what? I'm happy. I'm happy. It's t- It's been a journey. Um, anybody that knows me knows that, um, you know, if they ask me how I'm doing, Bill, I always say, it's all good. It's mm-hmm. all good. And uh, it's kind of been my mantra for 10 years when <laughs> all hell was breaking loose. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I've made a choice that this is how I was going to do it. And I'm working really hard to fill my life with things that are positive and good and happy and yeah i'm good do you avoid things like trolley square no no um we we actually that was part of our trauma therapy and felt it was important to go back i go back and so you know aj went back about four or five months after the event happened really he he helped with a fundraiser for haiti Hmm. it was an art show in trolley square Hmm. So, it, you know, it really, it, for anybody that is out there that has had any kind of trauma, and a trauma can be a really bad divorce. I mean, seriously, it doesn't have to be something yeah. of this magnitude. Something that really kind of stops you in your steps. They really need to explore um, PTSD therapy because it's interesting. You process certain things around the event, which I have done. But you'll find something that you didn't process. And when it happens, it triggers you and you go, oh, wow. Oh, wow. So that's what it would feel like if we hadn't processed it to the degree that we have. So, um, you know, if anything, I, I want to let others know that are struggling, that there really is something that can happen positively if you really, really work hard towards it. And you have to, you know, you have to, you have to get into therapy and you have to get the right kind of therapy and you have to surround yourself with um, people that support you. And um, like I said, you know, circle your, circle your. Circle the wagons. Circle your peeps. Yeah. You know. You know, by the way, the the label here that's in Spanish, mm-hmm. it's in English here in this, in this folder here that I just now <laughs> oh, picked good. up that you gave me. Yeah, I should know my own material a little bit better. Get your police case number, write it down, call a family member for support or friend. Eat, drink, and sleep when you can. Appoint family representatives uh, who, that you trust that will handle media calls. Yeah, because it'll happen. Get counseling. Request to be notified about the status of your case. Important. Ask to talk to a victim advocate regarding your rights. Yes. Contact your state's crime victim reparations regarding your eligibility for financial compensation. Yeah. It's all right there. It's not everything, but it's something. Yeah. Um, Give us the uh, information about the website, your web address again. Um, it's um, circlethewagons.org, but I, I'll give you the formal, circle-the-wagons.org. 
Got to put the two dashes in there yes. or you'll go to some. We're actually doing, our, we're just finishing up our online fundraising campaign right now. And um, just so that everybody knows, with a $50 donation or a, 20, a $25 donation is, gives us four cans. Okay. And um, if they specify, we can put their donation towards the education fund or, you know, whatever they would like. But, um, you know, we're. We're just trying to make a difference, and dang it, you gotta do the fundraising once a year. Circle dash the dash wagons dot, dot org. org. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. All right. Yay. Um, nicely done. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, Bill. That's my pleasure. Um, I think that's. I think we've got it. We've covered it. Get a can if you need help. Find help. Uh, don't just you know just make sure that you get the counseling, the help you need, and don't. Let things just spiral out of control. Yeah, there's Absolutely. resources out there. Yeah. You just know need to know what to ask for. Uh, Vicki Walker, thanks. Yeah, thanks, Bill. That's it. That's it for the Let's Go Eat Show. Thanks, Dylan, for producing the show. I'm Bill Allred. And remember, if you're pouring the drinks, always make mine a double. <laughs> <laughs>